This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to Rams Talk Podcast. We're here today after... I mean, it wasn't the worst nil-nil I've ever seen, but it was a nil-nil draw all the same with Lincoln City. Uh, we've got loads of talking points. We've got some talking points about transfers as well, which is always fun. Uh, joining me today, uh, last-minute guest, Jamie Page. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Got a, got a bit of time to talk about a fascinating nil-nil draw. <laughs> You've had a shave as well, actually. I've just noticed. Well, you know, <laughs> setting trends and all that. <laughs> the clean shaven podcast now uh, we've also got chris matthews redwood how are you chris i'm good thanks feels like ages since i've been on i think i've had every ailment known to, to man but yeah back and fighting fit <laughs> now welcome back mate and a man who audio listeners will not have seen yet he's he's shaved his mustache which i think is is unacceptable to be honest uh he's adam titley how are you adam <laughs> I'm good, mate. I feel I feel naked without the moustache now. I feel <laughs> I feel different. It's like, it's like a comfort blanket, isn't it? <laughs> it absolutely is. Um, yeah, I mean, if Derby start losing now, we all know why. Um, I've got a little bit of a sore throat, so you'll have to bear with me today. So if I sound a little bit croaky, you know why. Um, but Jamie, just to start, we have to talk about um, the chances that Lincoln missed because it was not the most eventful game, but Lincoln had a few really, really good chances. Taylor running through on goal, had the defence for pace. Two times, put it over the bar or wide, and then the third one was saved and then cleared off the line by Aaron Cashin. I mean, we've got to talk about it straight away because a team found a way to unlock Derby's defence in a way we've not seen many teams do. Is it a little bit of a worry? And can you see other teams using it as a weapon against us? Yeah, potentially. I mean, yeah, didn't score, so we can't. Um, we can't. Uh... How is this fault? I think more than uh, more than down to us. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. But uh, yeah, potentially um, that that could cause problems in the future. Um, not sure what that is. What was that? <laughs> that might be my housemates. Uh, I didn't know if that would get picked up. I shall mute if I think it's going to happen again. She'll put a message in the chat. <laughs> Carry on, Jamie. Oh, that's live. That's live TV for you. Oh, man. Um, that's so well, yeah, X-rated I mean, now. Yeah, it was. Oh, God. I, I can see how red I've gone on the uh, on the camera. Um, where, what was I even talking about? Yeah, Aaron Catchin. Um, it was a little bit of a worry because he did absolutely do 
cashing for pace on two, three occasions. And normally, cashing doesn't get himself in those situations that, that he can get beat for pace. Um, so it was a, a little bit of a worry, but yeah, we kind of got we kind of got away with it. You can see why they signed him. He looks like a player that if he finds his his scoring form, he's going to be a real problem. Um, I'm not sure about the go faster hair, but it seems to, to work for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I've completely lost my composure now. <laughs> Jim Johnson says now we know why Adam lost his touch. <laughs> um, Chris, right, let's try. Let's try desperately to get back to to Derby. I mean, Jamie's mentioned there. You know, how did it happen over and over again? Um, and the main thing seems to be that Derby love to play this high line, don't they? They keep the ball, they try and pen opposition teams back. But when we played against Lincoln, they had two players sat on the halfway line, ready to hit us on the break. I mean, Burton had a little bit of luck against us with it, scoring that second goal after Elder's mistake. And Lincoln nearly did the same. Is that a cause for concern? Is that something that we need to change? Or is it just a product of the way we play? I think a bit of both. I mean, sticking two strikers on the halfway line is very Sunday league, isn't it? But it works. It is It is effective. Um, and if their striker had been anywhere near, you know, as as prolific as James Collins, for if, for, for example, we, we could have easily lost that two or three nil. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not overly concerned. I still think, you know, as, as, as Jamie said, we didn't score. Sorry, we didn't... Um, a concede and whether that be by luck or what it, it it doesn't matter we still got a point out of it but um yeah i think i think everyone's mentioned cashin looks a bit off it yesterday um and maybe that is you know something that needs to be worked on um but yeah we've got to expect league one teams to stick 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 two men up up front because at the end of the day they it can be effective so yeah i don't think it's panic stations um as we, I think most people said on on Twitter yesterday, bank that point and never talk about it again. Yeah, it's definitely one of those, isn't it? And to be honest, on Cashin, I know he, he was getting torn apart a little bit on social media. I actually think he had a pretty good game. I just thought that one player had him on the run every time because he was about 10 times quicker than him. So I've, I've got a little bit of sympathy for him. But then again, you play high line with a player that's not rapid. It's it's never going to work too well, will it? And Adam, I'm kind of scared, actually, to come to you for, for what could happen in the background. But um, <laughs> we talked about it a lot yesterday, didn't we? With We didn't really seem to threaten Lincoln that much. We, we I guess, struggled a little bit to break them down. Uh, we all know we love to get wide and put crosses into the box. And they put two men on both wide players. I think Mendes Lang especially suffered from it because um, he was under constant pressure. Um, and, and James Collins obviously isn't a big physical presence in the middle. He's a strong bloke, but he's not got that height and he doesn't really dominate centre-halves like we we kind of need. Um, again, does it does it concern you a little bit that we're going to Lincoln, who are in a terrible run of form, and we just couldn't find a way to break them down despite the fact that we score so many goals? I mean, a little, but then this is what January's about, isn't it? You know, fixing those sort of problems that are coming up and that could maybe be instrumental come come the end of the season. Obviously, we've we've extended the loan of, of John Jules, who I think we're yet to see the best from him. I think he's at a decent level right now, but we're yet to see the best of, of John Jules. And we and we keep saying Derby haven't really upped it, you know, in, into the into their best form at the moment. And I think I think that was the same case yesterday, really, wasn't it? Like you said, we, we like to put crosses into the box. They were cleared away at every opportunity and the corners were 
pretty poor until probably the last 10 minutes. Um, but I thought we tried some different things yesterday. We actually seemed to try and go down the middle a little bit and Connor Horahan was trying from distance a lot more, um, which is refreshing, but it was a classic nil-nil, wasn't it, really? Um, both teams had a couple of half chances. Um, obviously, we said Taylor had, had the best of the chances in the game, but I'm not, I'm not too worried about it, to be honest. I think we're going to have a couple of them games. I don't think it was a... I don't, I'm not seeing it as two points dropped at all, really, yesterday. Yeah, I think after the chances they had, you definitely can't see it that way, can you? But, Jamie, um, one of the things that's happened in recent away games is we've we've played that front two the majority of the time. We've had Collins and we've had him up front with Mendes Lang. And it's, it's not your big man, little man uh, completely, but at the same time, you've got Collins who likes to have it into his feet or his chest and, and have players play off him. And he'll, he'll try and play that way and then get into the box, whereas Mendes Lang will run in behind, stretch defences. Uh, yesterday... We had Mendes Lang with a deeper starting position along with Barquez and, and and Collins up top, I guess, on his own. And we didn't get in behind Lincoln at all. We, we played a lot of stuff in front of them. As Adam said, we put balls in and they managed to get it away the majority of the time. Um, and we didn't really threaten that much. Again, do we will Paul Warren look back at that and maybe regret not playing players like Mendes Lang higher up the pitch? Or again, is it one of those where they just did a number on us? Yeah, I think they did do a number on us. And I think a couple of teams have done that all season, to be quite honest. I think in certain situations, we need to be a bit more braver um, with our passing and, and with our with our forward play. But as Adams just said there, I mean, the final third stuff was, just wasn't good enough, whether that be set pieces or whether that be finding the, the, final, the final kind of ball at the right time. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely, like you've said, like Adam said there, it's definitely... Um, one point that we've we've gained rather than two points dropped. But I just think we need that new energy now. I know we're going to talk about that later, but I think there's going to be certain players come in that are going to be able to take us hopefully to the next level. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got plenty of talk about transfers later on in the episode. So do not worry about that. I've got my list in front of me. And uh, yeah, it's definitely there. Um, one of the players, Chris, that I, I really wanted to talk about and a player that I saw get a lot of criticism yesterday was Louis Sibley. Now, I don't think Sibley had a bad game. Um, I think he, he put in a really good ball for Collins, which he probably should have done a bit better with. And at the same time, he, he had a good shot, which was only just wide. And he, he did flit in and out of the game, but didn't every Derby attacking player. He's become a little bit of a scapegoat. I know he's not had a great year. and He's not had a great couple of years, has he really? But could you see Louis Sibley being at fault for anything yesterday? Or is it, again, just social media picking on the player that's not had a good run of form? Um, I think now, if Louis Sibley starts, everyone's eyes on him, aren't they? You know, he's, we, everyone says, you know, he's, he can he can make a good impact coming from the subs bench. Can he do it from from at the start? And every game where he doesn't, you know, bend one in from twenty five yards out, there's a bit of um, there's a, a bit of backlash. But I'd say I don't think he was worse than anyone else. I think most players yesterday in a derby shirt were probably a five or six out of out of 10 and he was included in that so yeah there's there always need there's always a scapegoat isn't there you know a mendez lang wasn't you know covered in praise yesterday um but yeah i think when sibley starts all eyes are on him so it's just unfortunate but he's used to it i'm sure he is i don't think he reads much of um x or twitter but um, I say I'm, I'm sure he's dealt with a lot, lot worse. And my, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in from 
the bench again next week and scores because that's just seems to be what happens. Yeah, and it'd be nice. It would be nice if he could um, get another one this season because, yeah, I, again, don't think he had a bad game. But you talked about player ratings there, Chris, and I've just got them in front of me here. Um, and it, it's quite telling, to be honest, because every Derby attacker uh, has got under a 7 out of 10. And then every Derby player that isn't an attacker has got above a 7 out of 10, uh, which I think says a lot about how it was. I mean, Kane Wilson with a 7.6, which isn't too bad. Curtis Nelson with a 7.6. Cashin with a 7.8. Elder with a seven, I thought he put in a much better performance than he has in recent games. Um, still on his heels a little bit, but he's getting there. He's getting match fit, which is great to see. But one player, Adam, that I really want to talk about is Josh Vickers. Now, he looked a little bit wobbly against Burton, but he pulled out two or three really good saves, including that one-on-one save against Taylor and that free kick that I guess, I mean, I've got written here. So it shows why he's been brought into the team. He saves things. Uh, Wildsmith sometimes is a little bit questionable with these sorts of things. What do you make of it? And has he sort of proven why he's got this position? I'm a bit, I'm a bit unsure really because I'm quite a big fan of Joe Wildsmith. I think you know we've seen him grow into quite a talented goalkeeper for Derby County um, since when he first first came into the side at the start of last season. And I'm quite a big fan of his because I think personally he's kept us in more games and gained us more points than he has dropped games. Um, so I'm still, I still think bringing in Josh Vickers is a little bit harsh on Joe Wildsmith. Um, yes, he might have had a dip in form, but you know I'm a big advocate for all players are going to have a dip in form. I thought Vickers had a good game yesterday. I thought he was solid. That save from the free kick and like you say, the one-on-one save. They're just tidy saves, and he did his job. Um, that was required of him. Um, I don't think there was anything overly impressive from his performance either. I would say, but then again. From a goalkeeper, do you really want to be thinking about the big moments? You just want them to have a tidy game and mm. and keep it a clean sheet, and and that's what he did. So, I think he'll stay in the side from now on, um, as long as, as long as his performances keep that level, and we're and we're not conceding too many goals. But personally, for me, it's just my bias. I'm, I'm still think Wildsmith's been a bit hard done by because I personally think Wildsmith is a better keeper than Josh Vickers. But that's just my opinion. People will disagree, but uh, I think Joe Wildsmith's kept us in more games than he has dropped points for us. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it, Jamie? I mean, we don't want to talk about this every week, um, but it it has become a bit of a talking point, hasn't it? The, the goalkeeper conundrum at Derby. And you look at Joe Wildsmith, great with his feet, great with the ball on the floor. Um, I think he, he possibly controls his area better than Vickers as well. But Vickers, he makes those saves. And, you know, he's shown already he can make saves in tight games when it matters. And I think Wildsmith, he's made some excellent saves over the last couple of years, but there's also some, I mean, Stevenage, it's the most obvious one for me because, you know, two free kicks straight at him went straight through his hands. Um, and he seems to struggle with shots of power from pretty much anywhere, um, which, you know, I guess that's the idea of them. But at the same time, you want your goalkeeper to deal with them. Um, and, and Vickers seems to do that a little bit more. Where do you sit on the goalkeeper conundrum? That's a good question. It's a very good question. I think until yesterday, I probably was more team Wildsmith um, and probably agreed with Adam, but I thought Vickers had a really good game. I think potentially it will be taken out of our hands because I do think that it's Vickers' shirt to lose and I don't think he'll lose it at all. Even if he drops a, a couple of catches or lets a few in through his legs, I still think Paul Warren and the, the goalkeeping coach are going to back him because they brought him into the team um, and, and they knew exactly what they were kind of getting, I suppose. He's obviously had his off-field um, situation, which probably has delayed him coming into the team. And actually now he's ready. And 
yeah, I thought he was excellent yesterday. He kept us in the game. Um, and I think he's a good goalkeeper, but it does feel a little bit weird to have two good good goalkeepers. It really does. Um, I, I think some teams see it as a blessing, but I really don't. I think it just looks a little bit awkward, you know, when you're on Sky or um, or in highlights or whatever, when they pan over to, to Joe Wildsmith. It's similar to the David Raya and, and Aaron Ramsdale situation. You know, the, the camera's always on the other goalkeeper and you just, you're just expecting your, your keeper that's in between the sticks to make a mistake. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm still torn. I'm going to sit on the fence. I don't normally do that, but I'm <laughs> going to sit on the fence. Let me give it another couple of weeks and I'll, I'll tell you, Jake. Yeah, and in the process of fairness, Chris, what are your thoughts? Well, I think, well, Wildsmith was my player of 2023. Um, I think his, his disadvantage is that, Paul, that Vickers was a Paul Warren signing. He knows him. And was it just a case of just waiting for that couple of slips to give um, Vickers the chance. I've got nothing against Vickers at all. I think he's a very good, I think he's a, a very good keeper, but I think Wildsmith is a lot better. Um, you know, yeah, he's had, he had a dip in form, but a goalkeeper's dip in form is a, so much more public than a, say, a winger's dip in form. Um, so, yeah, but as Jamie said, having two, two good, good keepers is something I can't recall as having for quite a while because uh, I don't class a Kelly Ruse as a good keeper. Um, so it, I think it, I think it's tough on Wildsmith um, and I would like to see him win his, win his place back. But then the flip side of that is if he does win his, win his place back, it means that the Vickers made a couple of howlers. So it's a tough one, but I personally have Vickers um, as the number two, maybe the, maybe the cup goalkeeper. Um, but yeah, it's Warren's choice and he's Warren signing. So it was always always going to happen at some point, wasn't it? Yeah, I think what Wildsmith needs to do is have a short-term one-month loan to Rotherham. And then when he comes back, he'll be allowed Ooh. to play for Derby again. Emergency um, <laughs> <laughs> because we all know, we all know how it works. But no, I, I, I agree with everyone. I think it's there's pros and cons to both. I think, yeah, I think it'll take a real dip in form or an injury to Vickers, which is, of course, something we don't want. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's it's disappointing for Joe. And hopefully we'll see him in a Derby shirt again. I think his contract's up at the end of the season. And yeah, if he can't win his place back, we might have seen uh, seen the last of him, which is really disappointing. But let's not be dramatic too early. And uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's carry on. Um, I mean, just looking at some of the other notes I've got written down uh, just on the game, there's really not many uh, because it was not the most eventful game in the whole world. Um, but one thing that Derby did do was miss a couple of really good chances. I mean, Max Birds was quite tough for ball into the box. Um, Collins had a header from a ball into the box that he possibly could have done a bit better with. Uh, and he also had a, a free effort on the edge of the box with his left foot that he skied over the bar. I mean, Adam, we talked about it. We'll talk about it again in a minute, I'm sure, with uh, talking about new signings. But... Do Derby really need a, a striker up top or multiple strikers up top that can score goals? Because it, it's weird. Collins has scored 13. I think we've got a few players that have scored a lot, but we never seem to have players that are really clinical when it matters. Yeah, I think I think yesterday was the example of, of what Derby County need to look for in this January window as, as we approach the closing of it. Because I think James Collins has scored goals this season. I think he's in better form than he was last season. I think he's mm. been been more prolific this season but yesterday he was marked out of the game and when the opportunity did fall to him his his finishing wasn't there and 
it wasn't really a James Collins opportunity either. Back to goal, having to turn and, and get a shot off isn't really what his strength is. Um, I think maybe the best chance fell to Curtis Nelson early on that header. Um, Sibley put the ball in and, and Nelson was on the end of it, a free header, and he, he put it straight into the goalkeeper's gloves and that really should have been 1-0 at that stage. But I think this season we've seen goals come from all over the pitch. I think I said this last week or the week before about how last season we relied so much on McGoldrick. But this season now the goals are coming from from more areas of the pitch. And unfortunately, yesterday, when the goals weren't coming from uh, the other places in the team, that's where you really want your clinical striker just to get on the end of something or to, to score a goal out of nothing. And unfortunately, yesterday, it just didn't really seem like we were going to get that clear-cut opportunity to score a goal, like a one-on-one or an error. Um, and it just didn't come and, and it was no nil written all over it. So I think this January, you know, we've been linked with a couple of a couple of players in the attacking options. And I, I think that's a good signing from Paul One if he can pull that off because it's clear that we're just lacking that that clinical edge that we had last season, um, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm just looking at some of the comments coming in. Um, we've got one comment talking about why do we ever look at the Guatemala national team, see what they've got there. Uh, it's like when we had Bielik and Yushviak and we were trying to get them to side all their mates and that didn't go too well. Um, Ian says we need a, a left back, a creative midfielder and a striker, not a 32-year-old donkey. I don't think he's on about you, Jamie. Um, and, and Jim Johnson's asked the question about... Um, who do we think he's got lined up as a new striker? Now, we'll get onto that shortly. But firstly, it's, it, we need to talk about a signing that we we clearly have made. We've all seen the pictures now on social media. Uh, Corey Blackett-Taylor with a massive emoji over his face. Uh, it's very clearly him. He's signed for Derby, as it appears. Uh, hopefully, by the time you know this episode is fully out or you're listening, if you're listening on your commute, We've signed him and we've announced it. But Derby seems to do this weird thing where they don't announce players at the minute. I don't really get that. But anyway, Jamie, Corey Blackett-Taylor, I mean, eight goals, six assists in the league this season. Uh, I was watching the highlights, which, you know, you could do that for anyone and they look unbelievable. But his highlights from this season look really strong. He, he's quick. He's direct. Um, he plays on the left, likes to cut inside onto his right foot. I mean, he's the sort of player that we've needed. I think Barquez and we kind of thought he'd be that kind of player, but he's not. I mean, how good is it to add a player like that to our ranks for such a good fee as well? Yeah, a really good fee. Um, you know, getting a player with resale value um, for that amount is is crazy, really, at this level. And if we can get promoted, I think he's the kind of player that can stay with us in the championship as well. So I think that's the kind of player that we need. Obviously, I, I get the short-term goal that we need to get out of this division. But if we can sign someone that can help us now and in the future, then I think that's really important. But yeah, looked at the looked at the highlights like yourself. And yeah, he looks the real deal, in all honesty. Um, and I go back to what I said on a, a, a preview um, a couple of days ago with regards to Peterborough, I think, have the best strike force in this in this division. But I think if we get him over the line, which it looks like we've, we're going to do, I think we're taking a step closer to Peterborough, in, in my opinion. And I think it's exactly the sort of sign that we need if we're looking at these, these top two places. I can't say I've been that exciting, that excited about Paul Warren Paul Warren signing so far. I think they're all quite solid. I don't think they have that. Sonny Bradley. Oh, don't get me started. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, I was actually. To be fair, no, I was. <laughs> I was actually a bit excited about Sonny Bradley. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's got the flair and he's got that ability to to get you up off the seat. And if you've got Mendes Lang on one side, him on the other side, um, I think we're going to carve teams open if we if we play 
free-flowing football. So, yeah, can't wait to get him in. But let's announce it and let's get him on the bench on Tuesday. What what are we waiting for? Exactly, exactly. Um, maybe he just doesn't fancy the trip because that game's clearly going to get called off, isn't it? But um, about 10 minutes in, I really hope it... Actually, I don't know. Did, did they ever give the result in the last one that got called off? Does anyone know? Don't think so. I don't oh, think so. Can you imagine? I, I've, just, I've just done the preview with uh, with a Reading, Reading fan and he seems to think that it won't be abandoned. He said there might be a couple that try and get on the pitch, but he yeah. believes that they'll behave themselves. I think they've got what they wanted in terms of, re- of a reaction. So um, hopefully, fingers crossed, any Derby fan that's going down will actually get to see some football and not tennis balls and people mm. on the pitch. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, can you imagine if it's replayed? Yeah, that's it. That's it. But can you imagine if it's replayed? That'll be ridiculous. And it'll be a a problem for Derby that isn't their fault whatsoever. So anyway, that's a a chat for another time. Um, Chris, we've got a comment from DCFC James who's talking about, you know, we need to beat teams like Lincoln. I mean, when you look at Corey Blackett-Taylor against Lincoln, we we didn't have anyone that would come inside and and score a goal in that sort of manner. We had Mendes Lang going down the right um, and crossing balls in and Barkhazen couldn't really find room. That's the sort of game where we need someone to unlock a defence, someone with a little bit of trickery, you know, go both ways. Mendes Lang couldn't do it, but with both of them, we'd have a, a much better chance in games like that, wouldn't we? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, he's probably, if there is such thing as a marquee signing in League One, he's going to be Sonny our Bradley. Sonny Bradley, yeah. <laughs> he's he's, he's going to be the signing of the month for us. Um, I think I think the look by the looks of it, the way in terms of what who we're looking to sign on loan and who, who we're signing, the loans seem to be to get us out of League One and the signings are looking forward to next season if we do get out of out of League One. Because as Jamie said, I think he's gonna be uh he's gonna be an important player in the championship as well if and when we get there. So yeah, exciting. I think it's the first time that we've paid a fee for a striker for any player for quite for quite a while. Um four years. So yeah. Four years, exactly. Yeah. Is it well, four who was the last? Uh, I think who it was, was Kamil Yushviak. Yushviak, yeah. It was the last one, because we went we went into admin not long after that, did we? Mm-hmm. So, so, or at least... We're, signing, we're actually yeah. signing people for money um, is, a, is, is, a, is a good sign, and I, I really hope he can make a quick impact, because he, he needs to. Um, and I think if we can get him and Mendes Lang firing, as long as we've got the striker in the box to... To, to finish it off, um, I think we'll be laughing. Well, Chris, if we sign, if, you know, when we sign Corey Blackett-Taylor, if he fires us up 
to the championship that empty picture frame behind your head you have to get a picture of, of blackett taylor in that frame for every episode after that is, is that all right <laughs> that's actually all a picture frame it's the size it, it's the size of a bookcase that, that oh that we haven't yet but i'll put i'll put a picture of it somewhere mate don't don't worry <laughs> For for audio listeners, it really does look like a picture frame on the wall. <laughs> Thanks for the backup, Jamie. Uh, so I feel like less of an idiot now. Um, and and Adam, I mean, last bit on on Blackett Taylor. Uh, we'll have an episode coming out in the next couple of days with uh, someone from Charlton uh, and their Charlton Live Media team talking all about Blackett Taylor, what he'll bring to the team, and and how exciting he'll be. Um, Adam, I mean, you you look at him. And you see a player that makes a difference. I mean, Jamie and Chris have already said he's the sort of player that will win his games. Um, can you see him linking up well with the players that we've already got? Is he one of those players that's, you know, it, will he be a Nick Blackman, basically? Will he be able to slot into this team or is he going to be a, a a player that we really, really <laughs> will be sad about? At the You're end a little ray of sunshine, aren't you, Jay? <laughs> You've got to put both sides to it, Chris. You, can, you can't just be one dimensional. What do you reckon, Adam? Do you think he'll succeed? Yeah, I think he will. I mean, for me, it's the one of the least Paul Warren esque signings he could make. Um, an attacking player with a lot of pace. Um, not used to that, but um, yeah, it excites me. Like like we've all said, it's it's a good signing by the looks of it. Obviously, you watch any player with the highlight reels, and they look superb. And and Corey Blackett Taylor does look like one of the most informed players in the division at the moment in a in a struggling Charlton team, and you know. Charlton are going through an interesting period at the moment themselves in, in terms of they're not, they're not really pushing for anything. They're not threatened by anything. So to let go on their better players um, is a little bit of a shock. But I think he's an exciting player who can definitely slot in. You know, Bart Kazen for me, I know he scored a couple of goals in recent recent matches, but I think I'm not sure whether he's at his best form at the moment. Um, obviously, he scored against Fleetwood and, and Burton Albion, but, but they were tap-ins, um, both of them. So... Another player that's going to be quicker on the wings for us um, seems good to me by the sounds of it. And I think it's, like Jamie said, a player who can maybe even help us out in the future if if we do get that um, get that promotion. Absolutely. And and we also need to talk about players that Derby are linked with as well. There's a couple of comments about Michael Smith. Now, I'm just looking at his stats up in front of me. Uh, he's ex-Rotherham, so ticks that box, uh, which is a great start. Um, scored what? Let's read 61 goals in 210 games for them. Uh, I think that's just in the league. And then you went to Chef Wednesday last season, scored 20 goals and, and helped fire them back up to the championship. We've talked a little bit about in this game, in this game, in this episode, that we need to get in behind. But another one of the things we need is a physical presence in the middle. Um, I think since Chris Martin, we've not really had a striker. I know Chasm tried his best. Um, but we've not really had a striker that can bring other players into the game and score headers and win aerial duels and things like that. Jamie, he's the sort of player that I think would suit this Paul Warren team to a T. Uh, we put loads of crosses into the box, especially from deep areas. Having another man mountain up top that can score headers would be great. What do you reckon? Yeah, I do. I think he's he's exactly sort of the player that we we need. And I think we've just talked about a non-Paul Warren signing, but this is a Paul Warren signing. Ex-Rotherham, big. Not really going to, I guess, turn any no, heads, no. but... <laughs> yeah. But... Um, but we'll come in and, and just do what, you know, do what he's he's meant to do, really. Um, my thinking is, yeah, it's, it's a loan deal, so it makes sense. Um, it obviously suits both parties. We're gonna, probably going to be paying a degree of his wages. I think that's the only thing that we've probably got to sort out is 
what amount of of his wages we we pay um whether that be all of it or 50 percent 60 percent i'm just going off football manager knowledge there but um yeah I, I guess for me if he is the only forward player we're bringing in I, I still feel that we're potentially lacking something a bit different because i don't think that we can rely on john jules um kind of longer term so i don't know i, I still feel that potentially and you might sound you might sound wrong here but i still feel he could potentially become more of the James Collins mould. Um, but I don't know. Let's see Let's see what happens. I think it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I think he's he's got more in the air than Collins. I think he'll hold the ball up better than Collins. And I think he'll probably score more goals than Collins as well. Um, whether he'll work as hard as Collins is a, a different question. But you talk about needing something different. I mean, that will leave us with five number nines, which is a ridiculous amount of number nines. Because you'd have Smith, you'd have Collins, you'd have John Jules, you'd have Washington, you'd have Waghorn. You know, you've got five players there, albeit four of them are the same player, um, which is kind of annoying. But at the same time, I mean, Washington's got a little bit of pace, hasn't he? Waggons, Waggon. We, we've got a few players that can do a few different things. Then you've got Blackett Taylor, you've got Mendes Lang, you've got Barkazen that can play up there, you've got Wilson that can play on the wing, you've got Ward that can play on the wing, you've got Sibley if we're being desperate. You know, we've, we've got a, a fair few players in that attacking position. Um, I, I do get what you mean. I think it'd be nice to have someone like that Taylor that played against us, um, you know, yesterday. He was rapid uh, and he, he tore us to pieces. Would we have a player that did, could do that? I mean, that could be beneficial as well. So, I mean, Chris, to build on Jamie's point, I guess, um, is that the sort of signing you'd be happy with? And does it tick a box of a player that we need? I definitely agree that we need someone stronger in the air than Collins. Um you know, the amount of crosses we put in is insane. I think that's only going to increase with the signing of Blackett-Taylor. Um, yeah, it, I still haven't forgiven him, obviously, for the last game of the season, last season. So he's got a lot of making up to do with Derby fans. Um, but I think he's he's just, he's proven at this, he's proven at this, this level. Um, and, I know, and I know Collins was... Um, but I think with the quality we've got on the wings now, um, he could prove to be if he chips in with ten goals between now and the end of end of the season. Um, I think that'll be a really good return. He's got playoff experience. Um, if we need to go down that route, so yeah, I think overall it's not a signing I'm jumping up and down about, but it's a solid signing. If 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 we get him that will add to our team it's not a, not a sign that's just going to bulk up numbers it's going to improve us um even if it's just for a short term till the end of the season well that's it and adam i mean we're getting to a point in the season now where i think long termness can maybe go out the window a little bit you know we want to bring in players that make, can make an impact now uh, and and can push us towards the end of the season i mean we're three points off top we've got a game in hand on portsmouth who are top and if we win our game in hand, we go top uh, until Bolton win their three games in hand. But we won't talk about that. But we, we will go top and we'll be right up in the mix. We need a player that can make a difference now. I'm just looking. He scored three in seven, uh, seven starts, that is. Uh, he's played 14 games, but he's only played an average of about 10 minutes whenever he comes on, uh, which is nowhere near enough time. But, you know, last game he started was against Rotherham, ironically, and he scored two goals. So, 
you know, that's the sort of player we need, isn't it? Impact player. Um, we've got a comment here saying that he's actually quicker than Collins. He's quick for his build, which is nice. Um, I never thought he was that quick when I watched him, but maybe I'm just blind. Um, what, what do you reckon, Adam? What are your thoughts? Well, I think he's a player who's going to come in and, I mean, I'd like to say contest for Collins' position because I think Collins is a player who Paul Warren probably puts down as the first name on the team sheet each week if, if Collins is fit he's starting no matter what no matter whether he hasn't scored in 10 games or 5 games he will be starting and I think it's a little added uh, bit of competition I think Wagon was doing that at the start of the season um, before his fitness has dipped and it, it, like you say we've got quite a lot of, of players who could play in that forward role um, and it makes me makes me think one thing about um, you know some of the academy players who are on good form um, what's going to happen to them this January will they go out on loan because I think they've warranted an opportunity in the first team but as we know Paul Warren doesn't favour um, the young players from the academy prefers experience which is just his style so I think it's it's another good attacking option somebody like you say with the experience and I think it's someone who who can now push Collins to maybe start finding the back of the net a little bit more because I think Collins for, for a striker um, who's in a team who was pushing for the top two doesn't hit the back of the net enough I think I think overall, I think he's had a good season, but I think now it's time for some competition to um, to push him that little bit further, or maybe even Smith comes in now as the as the number nine to, to put the ball in the back of the net for us. Yeah, I think so. I think Smith and Collins, I don't think could work as a two. Um, I think you know they'd both be trying to do the same thing, which you know we saw it with the the dark times under Clough when we had Chris Martin and Connor Salmon up front, and we all remember how awful that was. Uh, but it was all right the season after, so. You know, um, but yeah, I don't think that would work. So I, I do think it's going to be a light for light change for Collins. I think again, Collins had a great season. Um, he's been so much better this season than last. And I think yesterday, even though he was marked out of the game, he did some good stuff. He he won the ball. He fought for the ball. And you'll always get that from him, won't you? He's that sort of player. He'll always fight and he'll always give you everything. Um, but looking in other areas, I mean, there's been a few comments today. It's been quite nice reading them actually. Um, just reading about what people want uh, up top or what players we should sign in different positions and things like that. And, you know, there's been talk about loans. Uh, there's a guy that seems to be in the know, uh, you know, the sort that posts with eye emojis and things like that. But he's been pretty right so far, talking about a loan player from Brentford. I mean, Jamie, you know, we need youth in this team, even though Paul Warren hates anyone under 30. We need players that have a, a little bit of youth, you know, give us a little bit of spark, a little bit of running. Um what sort of player would you want us to bring in that isn't in a position that we've already spoken about today? I think for me, we need someone just to tie it all together. I think we've got pace out wide with Blackett Taylor coming in, hopefully Mendes Lang. I think we've got a, a forward that's going to hold the ball up, that's going to be able to bring others into play. Now I want somebody that's going to be in that kind of, I know we don't play the 10, but more of a forward midfielder that's got ideas and can actually get into the box, score goals, and can also find killer passes. Um, because I, I just don't eight. think, yeah, po yeah, I guess so. Yeah, positive eight. I mean, I absolutely and I keep talking about, I absolutely loved Randall for um, for Peterborough. I think he completely controlled the game. I think he was having the hell of a time at Pride Park. Um, I know he cost Peterborough a bit of money, but somebody that can just get there, get the foot on the ball, that can find passes. And do I think Max Burr could do it? Probably, but I just don't think he's consistent enough to, to be able to take us to the next level. I think we need something else. 
Um, I also think, well, it's either that or just someone that's going to go and win the ball back, a Graham Shinney-esque player that's just going to kick people and get the ball back and give it to players that can hurt the opposition because I don't think we've got that. I think Hurahan and uh, and Bird are a little bit too soft in the middle for, for my fauna, Wasn't it? It's meant to be Tyrese Fauna that play that role. Well, yeah, but as you see on, on Saturday, Darren Robinson got in the squad ahead of him. If Fauna's fit, which we don't, well, I mean, I don't know, mate, but I imagine he is. He now seems like he's fifth, sixth, seventh, 18th choice in, in centre mid. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think I, I've said it previously. I don't feel like Warren's summer business was that good. I think Nelson was good. I think Wilson was good. Niambi was a good pickup. But the others, it just hasn't worked out. Um, I know we've got some injuries and we've had some injuries, but Fauna, yeah, I just don't, just don't think it's going to work. Don't think it's going to work long term. And he's someone that we've we've brought in looking at the long term. Yeah, I mean, he is only young, isn't he? I think that's something to remember. He's still a young lad. But yeah, I agree. I don't think he's done what we what we expected, has he? I think, you know, playing in the division above for a year and playing not too bad either. Uh, and he's dropped to League One and, and doesn't stand out like you'd hope. Um, not like, you know, the likes of Nelson and Wilson, like you've said. And Chris, again, I've just been going through in my mind the team that we've got. I think we've got good goalkeepers. I think we've got solid centre-backs, most of them. I think we've got solid full-backs, most of them. Um, I think out wide, like Jamie said, we've got lots of pace, lots of ways to do damage, especially when Blackett Taylor's officially announced. And then up top, if we can get someone like Smith in, we've got a lot of different options and different things we can do there. And that leaves one area, and that's the centre and midfield. Um, and, you know, I think Warren's played two in midfield a lot recently, probably because he doesn't quite trust playing the three. Um, maybe he thinks that it takes a little bit out of the team. But if you're going to improve anywhere, um, where would you improve? I think exactly the same as um, as Jamie said. It's the only thing that I can see, you know, in terms of numbers missing is that number is that number ten? Dare I say it, um, David McGoldrick? You know, slightly back off the off the off the strikers um, can can dictate the pace going um, going forwards. You know, we've had players like that in the past. We've had the likes of um, obviously Didzi, Lawrence, Vidra. Those sort of uh, uh, those sort of players, but they're so hard to come by. So that guy at, 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 at Peterborough cost him a fair bit of a fair bit of money. But if only three players came in this window, and one of them was a number was a recognised number ten who could make a difference, I'd be really happy. Apart, I think defensively we're sound out wide now with Blackett Taylor. If he does sign, we're sorted. And strikers wise, you know, I know we've got players who do exactly the, the same thing but we're not short of players there so it would just be that middle role that touch of flair that we were hoping it would be um Sibley but sadly never has been Adam do you think Paul Warren actually wants a player like that I'm not too sure I think I think Paul Warren came into a team last year and that had David McGoldrick and it is impossible to not play David McGoldrick because of how good he is um so I'm not sure whether Paul Warren does because in my head, I could see Tyrese John Jules playing that sort of role, just sitting behind and having a little bit more freedom um, because we've seen when he's played in the two with Collins, he hasn't really got much um, much to go off many chances. Um, but I don't think Paul Warren does because we've seen him change formation um, a couple of times this season and alternate depending on 
fitness and injuries, and we saw Waghorn almost played that um, at the start of the season. Uh, that the role he did quite well there. On earth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and and he did quite well, however, in the games that he played. But his fitness is never going to be consistent um, now because of his age and and the point of the career he's in. So, you know, I I, I almost don't think Paul Warren does. He likes the wide men uh, more, and he he doesn't. And we do know Paul Warren does not like the football to go down the middle. Um, so, yeah, I don't think he would want an attacking midfielder. And we've seen how Sibley has been moved about and put in many different positions on the pitch left back um you know recently as well so no i don't think he does um we have a couple of players who i think can play that sort of role but as i've said um derby are a team that love to go out wide and down the wings and and going down the middle is not something i can see us doing um for the remainder of the season at all yeah i i agree to be honest i think the number 10 role slowly dying out in football, isn't it? It's one of those that's on the way out. I remember a thing about Messi Ozil and it's like he's the last sort of out-and-out number 10 because they're seen as a bit of a luxury player. I think Tom Lawrence was a luxury player. Um, and for that reason, I think the team suffered at times, even though, you know, occasionally he'd come up with moments of quality. If he wasn't delivering, he was basically a waste of a position. And I think Paul Warren likes to have effective players in every position. You know, a winger's always going to be dangerous. A striker's always going to be in the box. And if you've got two midfielders that are willing to work and progress the ball forward, I think that's probably what he's after. So, yeah, not not 100% sure. But uh, Adam's just putting the chat. Go on, Adam. Say it with your chest, mate. Say, say, say what you want to say. You're muted. You're talking to yourself. I'm talking to myself there. <laughs> yeah, I was saying uh, Tom Ince, available. You know, I said it last year. <laughs> We talked about future transfers, uh, getting back, getting back to Derby, um, give him all the time he wants, put the contract in front of him, getting back. We're talking yeah. about a number ten. Yeah, why don't we bring back the striker with the best minutes to goal record in League One as well? I don't know who that could be, um, but he might have the same name as a singer from Coldplay. So you know, we'll we'll see, we'll see. Um, right, we should probably talk about the two games coming up. We'll just do a real quick score prediction and, and little preview. I mean, Reading's going to be a weird one, uh, I think. We don't know whether it'll be abandoned or not. Obviously, Jamie, your guy says it probably won't. Um, we've got to hope that it doesn't and we end up getting the win. And then we've got Cheltenham at home as well. They've been revitalised since they got their first point of the season against us. So uh, thank you, Derby, for that. Um, but they're looking a lot better now. I mean, where are they in the league? I mean, still in the relegation zone, but they're right up there um, and only a few points from safety. Um, two games that definitely won't be easy. Uh, I want goal scorers. I want score prediction. Jamie, what do you reckon? So I'm going to believe that the Reading game is going to go ahead and I think we're going to win 2-1. Um, and I think James Collins is going to get two from open play. And then Sean at home, I think we'll have enough. I think it'll be a... 2-0 victory and I think Blackett Taylor will get his first goal for Derby and I think then Nelson will score a header. Chris? I'm going 3-1 against Reading. Um, I think Mendes Lang um, and Collins will be on the score sheet and Cheltenham. I agree with Jamie actually, a solid 2-0. Um, hopefully Smith and Blackett Taylor on the, on the score sheet. Adam? I'm going to go 1-0 against Reading. Tight game, both teams off it, similar to Lincoln. I'll go James Collins will score in that one. Uh, and then Cheltenham, I'll go with a 3-2. They'll be well up for it, coming to Pride Park. Um, so I'll go with a 3-2. Corey Blackett-Taylor, if he's announced. And, and maybe Conor Horahan with a couple. Maybe he's starting to find the back of the net now. So 
that's what I'll go with for Cheltenham. Let's hope so. Uh, and and I think it'll be what on Tuesday. I think it'll be one nil. I think Blackett Taylor off the bench will net a late winner, um, which will be great. And then I think against Cheltenham, I think it'll be three one. I think Cheltenham will will have a good start, but we'll we'll overpower them. I, I'm going to say Curtis Davis own goal, uh, Michael Smith debut goal off the bench, uh, and what other rogue player can I pick? Uh, Liam Thompson diving header again. I'm going to keep predicting it until it happens. Liam Thompson diving header to uh, to round off the score. And we've got Jim Johnson who says uh, it's going to be a 2-1, uh, an Adam 2-1 he's put, uh, and 3-0 win against Cheltenham, which is great to see. So, right, that is the end of that. Thank you so much for listening. If you did enjoy, please do give us a rating. Uh, we really appreciate it. It helps us a lot. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Uh, we've just started this membership thing. We don't really know what it is, but basically it's a way for, for people to support the channel. So if you do really enjoy our content, then, you know, please do. If you don't, don't feel pressured to do it because you don't have to do anything. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, let's hope we talk about some goals next week. Cause yeah, it's pretty hard to talk about a nil nil for 40 minutes, but somehow we've got there. Um, so thank you very much. Goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Thank you very much, everyone. We'll see you next week. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.